The Bread and Butter podcast acknowledges the Yagara people and the Turbal people as the traditional custodians of Mainjin, the lands on which we record today. We pay our respects to the Yagara and Turbal elders, past, present, and emerging. This podcast is brought to you by Hey Al Productions. Did I say good? Just to get you into it one more time. Maybe just in case. Okay. Go. Bread and Better Podcast. Okay. Bread and Better Podcast. I feel like I am. Bread and Better Podcast. Welcome to the Bread and Better podcast. If you have listened to every episode, the biggest thank you ever. We are so excited to be here and bringing you new content each week. I am Alex, one of the hosts of the show and the producer. I also own Hey Our Productions, a boutique podcast production company that makes shows just like this. And I'm a mum of three. And I am Tegan, the fitness half of the pod. I have been working as a personal trainer for eight years now, and I've had my own business for over two years years and I'm a dog mom lol <laughs> so we have been podcasting now for over six months and I don't know how much truth there is to this but I once heard that a huge percentage of podcasts never make it past five episodes so we aren't stopping anytime soon please help us grow the podcast by leaving us a review on apple podcasts or by sharing something about the pod on your social media so this week we're going to take you away into the future whilst we don't have a time machine we do know that our movement habits now can be an indication of what our quality of life is going to look like in the future. So the theme of this episode is to explore a few things that we can do now to set us up to be eternally young or at least feeling like we are still in our 30s when we are well into our elderly years. Age is just a number, right? I changed the segment because we are recording for the second time today. So the question is, it's a would you rather question, And it is, if you were to live till the age of 90 and retain either the body or the mind that you have right now, which would you choose? Uh, I've really put Alex on the spot here because I changed the segment and I don't think that she realised. <laughs> I did not realise. I was prepared for my favourite food. So. Do you want me to go first? You go first because I feel like this is a really hard question for me to answer. Yeah, it is probably for you because there's more factors that you personally yeah. need to consider. And yeah. I've also already talked about this this week. So okay. you're it, ready to go. It's fresh in okay. my mind. And I have kind of had this question before with my friends. So purely for myself personally because people ask me like oh but does my mind go and I'm like this is the this is the risk that you take with the question with the hypothetical question so I am going to choose to keep my body because my family history of like mental function into elderly age is pretty good yeah so um, my great nan lived until she was well into her 90s my nan is 84 and they were both very very sharp yeah um so I'm gonna choose my body so I think that's going to be eventually my limiting factor. So I want to try and keep my body young and fit and healthy and go on. Because also when I talk to people that are like in their 60s, they still feel like mentally yeah. they're like 30. Yeah, yeah. And this is something we were discussing off air earlier is that like how much movement and what you eat and everything impacts your mental health. Yes, definitely. So I feel like... Yeah, you can. I mean, don't get me wrong. I plan to live till 90 regardless. Yes, yes. And I plan to stay as sharp as I can and as fit as I possibly can. Yeah. But I feel like even a really fit and healthy 
75-year-old body doesn't have the capabilities of a 30-year-old body. Yeah, 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 of course. So that's why I'm picking the body. Yeah. And I'm just going to take a gamble on going nuts. (laughs) I love that. Well, okay, now I've had some time to think. I would choose my mind because of my kids. I want to be able to remember them and everything about them. (laughs) And still be able to like have good conversations and know everything that's going on in their life and be a really present part of that when I'm old and my grandkids and great grandkids and everything as well. And like hopefully my body is still good then as well. But yeah, I definitely choose my mind. I have two things that don't relate to this, but (laughs) (laughs) they relate to previous episodes and I've been dying to talk to you about them. So I'm just going to do it here. I bought two new pairs of bike shorts this week. Okay. And um, they are the new Bonds Move range. Okay. Which I love. Okay. The charcoal ones, which I have on right now, are great. Yeah, they look good. Yep. The orange ones. I don't know if they look like workout tights though. They look like a casual tight to me. Well, they're made to move. <laughs> they're like soak it's up your sweat slogan. But the orange ones, burnt orange ones, lovely colour. I put them on the other day and Kev's like, you do you, babe. But they're see-through. Let you know. They're not see-through, but they like leave nothing to the imagination. Like they really show the outline of your whole everything. Did you get a camel toe? Well, like, yes. And then some like a camel toe, but then also like. Could you see your just- labia? No, not that much, but just like everything leading to like the whole like V of your, you know, this like bit, like everything. It was just like, what would, do you just not buy ones like that or do you wear special undies? Okay. I'm pretty sure for me personally, yeah, I don't care. Because you wear a lot of like color. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's because I was going to I don't to wear a lot up. of colors. I wear black, white and blue. Yeah. Well, you've got that blue on like all the time. Yeah. I've just made my branding my entire personality, <laughs> yeah. which does make it really easy for when I need it to post good photos on Instagram. on Instagram. Yeah. And actually I went to the beach the other day and I was wearing, I've also got two royal blue bikinis now. <laughs> and I met some new girlfriends through a friend and they were like, oh, that color on you looks so good with your blonde hair and your tan skin. And I was like, Thanks, guys. That's my whole personality It's my entire personality. (laughs) And do you know what? I used to hate blue. Really? Anyway, back to your question. I think that you can buy if this situation concern was like a camel toe. I'm I'm pretty sure you can buy some sort of insert for your undies. (laughs) Not that I would. It's never been an issue ever. It's just the orange really like, yeah, anyway. So I probably just will wear them to the gym with like a long shirt. It doesn't do it in these ones. You and can put them on later and we can put a poll up. Yeah. Well, I have another undie-related question. Is this too much visibility? <laughs> yeah. Is this too much for school Well, some people don't wear colours because they get sweat marks, but who gives a fuck? You go to the gym to sweat. You're trained to sweat. I just wear Lululemon um, shorts for running. Very strict, one type of short. My other question, and guys, if you like this type of content, you should go back and listen to our other episode where we had a lot of undie-related questions from our listeners for working out in. Mum and I bought those sweat-to-swim uh, outfits. Yeah, you referenced this many times. Yes, I got mine from Lorna Jane. She got hers from Rockwear. Um, and when we were running in them the other day, my mum was like, do you wear undies with yours? And I was like, nah, they're togs. And she was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to wear underwear. And she's like, can you ask Tegan? I would. You would. This is coming up a lot in our lives. It's coming up all the time. (laughs) Under a bodysuit? No, that just feels like wearing two pairs of undies, which we're going to. But these are togs. But aren't they shorts? Yeah, but they're tog shorts. When you were a kid. Yeah, but sometimes I think like in my shorts, my undies are keeping everything in the right location. But they're not like they're literally, maybe I'll try and show you. Is there a seam underneath? 
Yeah. Is that going to get up in your business? So when I ran in them. Or running without undies on, that just feels like it's going to be a bit dangerous. I ran in them and it was fine. Well, you run fucking 40Ks in anything <laughs> and I guarantee but, you, you're going to find areas that chafe. Yeah. These aren't, they don't have like a scene that goes up into your vagina, like normal shorts. They've like got the diamond shape. Yeah, yeah. See, even when I have undies on with the diamond seam, I have to use 3B cream around that area to not get chafe when you're just running for really long periods. I think you're flirting with danger. Okay. But I'll put some undies on. But then I have to swim in the undies and then run in wet undies. True. That doesn't sound comfortable. If you're a triathlete, let us know what you do. Well, I'll ask Carly, but I'm pretty sure she has undies on under a tri-suit. Right. Ask Emmy. I'll ask Emmy. Emmy and Carly, if you're listening, let us know. I reckon I'm going to vote yes. Okay. Yes to undies. You might be fine. Yeah. But you've got the swim and the bike and the run. But I reckon like 20Ks is when like Julia gets underarm chafe, like people get toe chafe. It's just like there's going to be there's gonna be some area on your body that's, that's going to chafe and you're going to need 3B cream there. Okay. That's What's just, 3B cream? It's anti-chafe cream. Okay. This is something that I'm super passionate about. I would also recommend going back through the Darling Shine episodes and listen to Longevity and The Secrets of the Blue Zone with Marcus Pierce, which talks about longevity as well. And I do reference that a few times as we go through this episode. So if you do enjoy this episode, I would 100% recommend that you go and listen to that Darling Shine episode as well. So I think to start off the episode, it's most important to talk about intrinsic motivation. And I think I've touched on intrinsic and extra intrinsic motivation before in previous episodes but intrinsic motivation is like internal so having something within us to motivate us to take care of our health and fitness and for me a massive driver is to be healthy fit and able as possible in old age and I don't think that people think about this enough and I actually shared on my Instagram stories and I'll try and find it again so that I can post it when this episode airs and this video of a lady that was 92 and she was doing all of these exercises like and she had the mobility of like a 60 year old or maybe even like a 50 year old 40 year old and I was like this is why I train yeah I hope this lands for some of you guys that are listening because I do think it's something that we should think about more and to like compare it to something else like we think about our super superannuation and how we're going to set ourselves up for life financially beyond the time that we retire but what's the point of having money if we don't have our health and quality of life to enjoy it so I want you to think about your training and the way you look after your body as like your superannuation fund for your body and your health to then be able to enjoy later life because you know there's so many people that say oh I'm just going to work really really hard now and then I'm going to like relax in retirement and they might be the people that are absolutely grinding themselves with work and their careers and they're not making their health a priority and then they get to the point where they can early retire at 50 and then they drop dead of a heart attack because they haven't looked after their health. Yeah or you're going to have to spend all of that money that you've worked so hard for on your health like getting operations. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I just think a lot of people just don't value their health as much as they value their money or their career and things like that. But if we have, if we don't have a health, we don't have anything. Yeah. And I just, I definitely agree that it's not something that people think about a lot because obviously when you're younger, you kind of take all of that for granted. If you are a really healthy person or, you know, you haven't really had any issues pop up. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, and I do hear that dialogue a lot. Like people say like, oh, you know, I've always been able to eat what I want and I don't really have to move and I've maintained my weight, but it's not just about maintaining your weight and like definitely, and those things will creep up on you. So people just go 
like thinking that their body's going to keep operating at that level, which is probably not even optimal. They just don't even know the difference forever and it's just not the case. Or they've got a really fast metabolism now and they assume that it's going to be like that forever but then things totally yeah totally there's so many people like that so I have like a really clear picture of what this looks like and this really really motivates me because I've had really positive role models with my nan and my great nan so my nan is 84 and she is just so incredibly active and she like lives in a resort style living and like her whole calendar is booked up with what sort of exercises she's doing and she can get down on the floor and play with her great great kids and you know I had her stay at my house and she was just sleeping on a mattress on the floor and it's not like we need to help her get up and down like she gardens there's absolutely no stopping her like her actually I need to tell this story about my nan yeah so my mom messages me and she says um ring your nan today and ask her if anything exciting has happened recently and I was like okay I'm intrigued to hear about this and mom's like not good exciting oh and I'm like is she okay and she's like, yeah, she's okay. And I was like, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I ring Nan and she tells me this story. So she lives alone um, and my mom is always like, shut the doors, a snake will come in. Yeah. Anyway, my Nan goes to the toilet. This is in Toowoomba. And she feels this thing wrap around her ankle. What? She didn't have the light on at nighttime. She was watching TV. Anyway, so she like jumps back and turns on the light and then there's this snake and it's like rearing up. Oh, my God. Anyway, it's in the bathroom. So she like slams the door and she grabs a and, and she says slacks off the bed and she like jams them under the door and then she gets a towel and she like blocks the towel and actually I think she like stared at it for like 10 minutes and she was like well I need to watch where it goes so she's on the bed it's in the ensuite and like I would have just been like fucking see ya I'm out of the house she's like she's so independent and like forward thinking enough that she's like I've got to see where it goes yeah anyway this guy comes and he's like that's the second deadliest snake in Australia if that hadn't bit you would have been dead Oh, my God. And it, like, had wrapped around her ankle. And when they, like, took the towel off the door, it was right there. It had already gotten through the slacks. Oh. Anyway, she's just like, oh, yeah, so now I'm just really watching where I walk. And I said, your mother said, and she said, your mother said, make sure you shut that door. I said, yeah, I hate it when she's right now and goes, me too. What is with your family and things in the toilet? Because you had a frog jump up on you. Oh, when I was a kid yeah. in the toilet at I've the told, pool. <laughs> I've told. I'm so traumatized by that. <laughs> I told the kids and now they're like terrified to go to the toilet anywhere in case a frog jumps on them. That trauma has stayed with me my entire fucking life. They've told everyone they know. It's literally like one of the little stories I'm in their sure rotation A lot now. of people have had a frog jump on their bum before. It Quiet. was at the pool. So yeah. like my fear is mostly around outdoor toilets. Your fear is going very specifically to public pools. And I flush before I go to see and sometimes I like well I try to just hover in public toilets anyway yeah anyway so my nan she's very very fit very active and just absolute role model for me in what I want to be when I get older because her quality of life is awesome she can still travel she can do anything that she wants travel's a big one yeah they can take a bus from their resort style living and she's like they take 40 people here and I said oh you're gonna go and she goes don't be silly Tegan do you know how long it takes to get 40 old people on and off a bus (laughs) she's like I'm way too impatient 
year I'll walk there. She's like, not a chance. <laughs> but yeah, so the average life expectancy for females in Australia is 85. Yeah. However, like that's great. Yeah. 85 is awesome. However, the quality of life is not as good as it could be towards the end. So yeah. whilst we might live to 85, we don't want to be at the point where we are immobile for the last 10 years of our life and yeah. having to rely on someone else to do that. So the Darling Shine episode that I just referenced, they had a guest on called Marcus Pierce and he's from that Blue Zones documentary that's on Netflix. Yeah. And I would definitely recommend checking those both out. But he was saying like we're kind of obsessed with this idea about biohacking at the moment. So like we're thinking about like fasting and ice baths and all of that stuff to try and, you know, make us more productive or give us more time or make us more relaxed or make us live longer. Like we're trying to hack life. Yeah. But that's never going to be as impactful as the simple basics. And like that's just our culture now, right? We're looking for like the the hack. Yeah. We don't want to do the work. Yeah. Which I think is a bit shit to be honest. Yeah. So they were saying like the really impactful stuff that they found from these blue zones is movement like they walk everywhere yeah staying social which I think is probably a really big one that people probably underestimate how impactful that is and having a purpose in life so that doesn't necessarily mean your career but you know feeling like you've got passions and and you know that might be through parenting or through your hobbies or just having a purpose for being here yeah so as I said go and listen what we want to really explore in this episode is what I am knowledgeable about and qualified to speak on, which is the movement side of things. Yeah. So let's talk about movement. So we have kind of like touched on it before. What is good movement? And I always say any movement that feels good for you is good movement. And if you need to like find ways to motivate yourself, that it's not necessarily like your mobility as you get older. Like it might be really motivating for you to think about how you're going to play with your kids and your grandkids as you get older. And there's an ad out there and I need to find, I don't even know what company it's for, but it's like this granddad and he's in the garage and he's doing these kettlebell pulls. Yeah. And he's doing these kettlebell pulls all the time. And then it like zooms to the next image and he's lifting up his granddaughter to put the star on the Christmas tree. And like, that's his motivation to be able to move and to keep doing that. So to think about any movement that feels good for you and like what is your motivation? What is your why? And for me, like this is a huge why and it might land for some of you, it might not, but if you start to think about what you want out of life, And what, you know, not having the health to be able to do that thing that really motivates you, then that might tap back into, you know, your why and why you want to do things. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because like thinking, I know that that's the big one for my mum is like being able to play with her grandkids. And because she's only young, she's 54, 55, and she's really active with them. She takes them into the city and, you know, she's really fit and stuff. So I know she wants to maintain that. And like, I feel the same way, obviously, but also I feel like because I had my kids really young, I think that it'll be great for when they're out of home. Kevin and I are still going to be young and we can like travel together and I really want to be able to like keep that up for as long as we possibly can. So we're like, you know, 85, 90, like even if it's just on like a cruise of, you know. Yeah, totally. And, and, And that's a great, you know, the great motivation to be able to travel. And I love 
nothing more than seeing like two oldies sitting at a table together having a beer that are clearly on holidays and right. like they're enthralled in their conversation. Like to me that's a fucking ultimate life goals. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So really, yeah, tapping into your motivation but any movement that feels good for you. Like we've, we've touched on this before, like don't stress about what's optimal. If the option is you doing weights and you hate weights and you'll only ever do it once a month versus doing a Pilates class that you love and you're going to go to three times a week, the Pilates class is the obvious option Yeah, because you're going to get consistency. But if we're going to talk about what's really optimal, weights training is. Yeah. And we've touched on this before. Obviously it is the best way for us to build strength and to build muscle mass and we low our bones which is really important as we get older especially as women like we get more susceptible to things like osteoporosis which if we have nice strong bones because when we're loading our body through weights our bones get thicker and stronger so weights training is always going to be the optimal way to train but you can still get resistance training from other forms things like pilates and bar and yoga to a lesser extent which is going to help with your flexibility and your mobility yeah weights training is really important and if you can you know motivate yourself to do it I would really encourage you to make that one of your main forms of training and I was explaining it to a client yesterday like when I was really into running it was a bit of a push for me to do weights I would rather have just gone for a run yeah but I know that I need weights training to keep me strong to keep me uninjured for running and I kind of thought about it like if you think about your food over the course of the whole day yeah your vegetables probably aren't your favorite thing yeah but they're essential yeah and if you can if you can get a good balance of weights training as well as the other forms of exercise that you love like your cardio is obviously going to be really good for your heart health which is going to be useful in later life as well yeah if you think about your weights as your vegetables like maybe it's not your favorite part of your training but it's essential and you get it done and that's a really good way to look at it or like supplementing weights training with walking walking is awesome like so many people really underestimate walking and we talk about it all the time like how good it is to just get out there and get your steps done and you can do it no matter where you are in yeah. the world usually you can do it with friends you can do it with friends like a kids. great social way kids on scooters yeah. like yeah um it's a great way to explore new places it's a great way to explore your city or your town if you haven't been around so walking is obviously absolutely fantastic and that's one of the big things that comes out of those blue zone documentaries is that they just walk absolutely everywhere and there's these old people walking up all these flights of stairs and yeah, yeah. we actually we get comments all the time because our kids will walk anywhere and walk for like 10 k's and they just generally don't complain and people are like oh why and I'm like because we've just always made them walk everywhere it's just always been really normal for us to like we'll park our car at Kangaroo Point walk to South Bank spend the whole day in South Bank and then maybe catch a ferry home if we're too tired like walking around Japan it's just never an option to be like oh you know let's get in a cab and and go there or if it's somewhere where we can walk we're generally going to walk I love a walk and it's like a bit of a running joke that I will like walk anywhere that I possibly can and have you seen that meme that's like a map of Brisbane and it's like one side or the other and it's like that one friend that says we can walk there yeah 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 I get tired in that all the time (laughs) I love a good walk especially when you're away on holidays and you hear people like say oh like oh my god we walked like 15,000 steps every day we're on holidays I'm like mate that's my normal day yeah oh we walk everywhere on holidays and I think that otherwise you miss some of the best stuff yeah like 100% yeah and that's also why I think if you get into running as well like running is a great way to explore when you're on holidays I love nothing more than like going to explore a new city on a run provided that I don't get lost but I always have maps (laughs) with me because my sense of direction is truly shithouse yeah but on the um strength training like on the weights even if you hate 
doing weights, I feel like, because weights is not my favorite thing, but I have started doing it. And I think that one of the good things with it is like you might have to force yourself to do it at first, but it's rewarding. Very rewarding because, because you, always- you can see your progress. Yeah like on how much you can lift. So yeah. you might start with like two kilos, yeah. but then in a few weeks you might be able to lift five. And so it's a really like, it's it's a really visible way of tracking your progress. Yeah. You're getting a lot of positive feedback yeah. to improvement. Yeah. Whereas I feel like with swimming, some days I'll swim and have the best swim of my life. And then like a few days later, I'll have like a shit swim. So it's like a That's different kind too. of, yeah. it's running as well. It's, it's such a, a mind bitch. game. Yes. Whereas I feel like strength training is a little bit more consistent. Like, yeah, sometimes you might be tired, but I feel like that's a big reward to keep going, and it's yeah, especially the more you do especially it. at the start. Like there is this concept called newbie gains, yeah, and that you progress so quickly in strength, and you progress so quickly even in your muscle mass develop muscle mass development, yeah. Um, that you do, you get a lot of positive reinforcement, yeah, and that's actually how you should be training. Like that's that concept that we've talked about before of progressive overload, yeah. In that every time you're going in to do weights, you want to be doing a little bit more, whether you're going a little bit heavier or you're doing more reps or more sets to make sure that your muscles are constantly getting that stimulus, yeah, to keep developing. Like if you go into the gym and you do the same weights and the same rep ranges every single time, you're only going to get to a certain point, yeah. But yeah, like you said, and it's it is, and I think the other thing to remember is we've talked about it before is that you don't get discipline from motivation you get motivation from discipline so once you get into your weights and you start seeing those results and you are really motivated to go and now like I said when I was really into running like I do weights twice a week two full body days just to keep me strong enough to run now I do five days a week and it's like going to an adult playground for me like I train with Laura and on a Thursday and sometimes I'll message her and be like, I just get so excited the night before just knowing I get to go to the gym tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, righto, weirdo. This is so funny because I've been going to the gym with my friend Maria, which I mentioned, we went to that class and yep. that was not it for me. Not it. <laughs> it was good for her. She's obviously a lot stronger than me. But then we've been doing like our own little kind of routine with the machines and it's 100% like way more our thing. We get to chat the whole time mm. and yeah, I already felt like a little bit stronger the next time that I went. Yep. So I think the other thing with it is, like you said, finding a way that works for you. So because I'm such a social person, going with a friend, it's like a social event. And last night when we got to the gym, we were both like, oh my God, I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, I love that. Like even just to hang out, we don't often get that time, you know, there's no kids around or anything. It's just like literally the two of us chatting. Yeah, I love that. And you get a lot of time resting between sets when you do weights. Yeah. I guess if you are, if you are someone that's never done weights, training before like it can be pretty daunting and I always say like start somewhere like F45 if you don't feel like you know anything at all or start with a coach and someone like myself can write your program then those little demonstration videos to say exactly what you're doing and where you need to go or the other probably the optimal thing would be if you can afford it to get a PT that's going to show you exactly what to do and make sure that you are really safe so those you know uh, that's an investment like you might think oh I've got to spend money on it but that's an investment in your future and it's setting you up for success as well because if you are going with someone who's qualified to show you what to do then you're not going to injure yourself and stop doing it yeah I think money spent on health and fitness you just need to look at it as an investment 
All right. So I think it's probably a good idea, like you were touching on before, is that people think like, oh, I'm, you know, feeling really good now and, and nothing's going to change and I'm just going to be able to maintain this. But especially as women, and we're going to talk about women because most of our listeners are women and that's our target market. But we got to remember that we're going to go through menopause. Yeah. So we need to think about what's going to happen when we go through menopause and how we can set ourselves up for that now as well. So women often reach menopause and feel like they haven't significantly changed their movement or their nutrition habits. However, they're starting to gain fat. Yeah. That's a really common dialogue. And they often feel like this is mostly around their belly, which is actually very valid due to a decrease in estrogen, changing where they store their fat. However, there are more factors at play and we really need to consider them. Like you can't just go, you know, I'm going through menopause and that's the reason that I'm gaining weight. There's probably a lot more going on. So while some research shows that individuals with repressed estrogen have lower levels of spontaneous, vigorous activity, AKA we're moving less, whether we notice it or not. Yeah. There's also a pretty significant trend of movement habits steadily declining over the years as well. So the takeaway being that our overall energy output due to movement is likely lower, which is a contributor to that fat gain. Yeah. So whilst you feel like you're not moving less and you don't notice that you have you know, changed your habits over time. Usually we have, like we're slowing down, we're yep. doing less, we're walking a little bit less than we were before, we're moving a little bit less, we might be doing less incidental exercise, we might be looking to make our lives a little bit more convenient as we get older. So yep. whilst they feel like their habits haven't significantly changed, they have, they have decreased. And when you combine that with the repressed estrogen, which may be changing, you know, where they store their fat, it's like a combination. Yeah. So in addition to that, if we aren't prioritizing muscle protein synthesis. So muscle protein synthesis is the process that our body undertakes to build and maintain muscle mass. So the way that we prioritize that would be through eating sufficient protein and lifting weights or moving in some way. Then our muscle mass is going to decline at a faster rate. So if you aren't prioritizing weights training and eating enough protein now, and I can't tell you how many clients I have come to me that are under consuming protein. Like I would say our society as a whole under consumes protein. So if we don't have the muscle mass there, then when we start to lose it, we're going to be putting ourselves at risk of injuries and, and limited mobility. In addition to that, the more muscle mass that we have, the more calories we actually burn at rest. Yeah. So if you stood me at the weight that I am with a significant amount of muscle mass next to a person of the same weight as me that has never weights trained and and has significantly less muscle mass. Yeah. Just at rest, my body is going to burn significantly more calories. Right. So you need more. So the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn at rest Yeah, and vice versa. So when you combine these things, we've got the decreased estrogen, the decreased movement and the decrease in muscle mass, the potential for menopausal fat gain is increased. Yeah. So whilst gaining a little bit of extra fat as we get later in life isn't the worst thing in the world, it can have a negative impact on our self-esteem and that can have a flow on effect while dealing with all of those other symptoms that come with menopause. Yeah. So there's a really common dialogue where women are dealing with their menopausal symptoms and then they're also feeling really shitty about themselves yeah. because they've also gained a little bit of extra weight and and this might be really typical of those women that felt like they've never really had to manage their weight. Yeah. So it's just not so that 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 can be why that happens and that what that's why it's important for us to set ourselves up now with movement habits and with protein intake. On the protein thing, it doesn't have to be just meat, right? Like it can be different vegetables and stuff like that or should it be 
predominantly meat or is that too controversial? Well, (laughs) it is a little bit controversial, but I would always recommend that people eat meat because red meat is like the most abundant micronutrient food that you can eat. It's got like heaps of micronutrients in it as well as the protein. So just to touch on it really briefly, like not all protein is created equal to have a complete protein source. It needs to have the nine essential amino acids. So things like beef, fish, eggs, or whey protein powder, vegan protein powder, they all have nine essential amino acids to make a complete protein source. Whereas things like beans might have five yeah, okay. and then rice might have four. You might be able to combine them to have a complete protein source. But if you are a vegetarian or someone that doesn't like to eat a lot of meat, I would really look into that more to be able to get the full benefit. But not all protein is created equal. However, for most people, like, do we even want to get that nitty gritty? Do we just want to make sure that they're hitting the main threshold? And like with protein, I think I've said it before, it should be 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo of body weight. And people would say like, say a 60 kilo person's calculated that out. So they're going to have about 120 grams. That doesn't mean you're having 120 grams of chicken in your day. Yeah. Like you might have 120 grams of chicken and that might contribute 20 grams of protein. And don't fact check me on that because that's just pulling it out of my mind. Yeah. But it is like, it is significantly more than most people think that they're consuming. That's a lot more than I thought. I I genuinely would have been like, oh yes, that's a big piece of chicken that ticks off my, I wouldn't think just to break it down into. For most people to hit their goal, they probably need to have a protein source at every main meal and maybe even another protein source like as a snack. And for that muscle protein synthesis, and you can do more research on this if it is something that interests you or you can message me the more times you hit your protein over the course of the day the better that occurs so really it's not just about having it once per day like if you were to have a minimum of 25 to 30 grams over four feedings over the course of the day you're going to get much better results with your muscle growth and your muscle retention okay can you give us a quick example of something you can have for protein in the morning other than egg you could have protein powder in oats yeah you could have protein yogurt eggs is a good one cottage cheese even And the thing with protein is to be aware of like a gimmicky things where people might be like, oh, have this protein bar. It's 12 grams. Like me with my protein balls. There's no fucking protein in those protein balls. (laughs) Which I didn't realize until you were like reading a label. (laughs) Yeah, we won't say the brand because we still really like them. (laughs) But um, Alex gave me one of her favorite protein balls (laughs) and there's two grams of protein in it, which is none. But say, for example, they've marketed this thing as a protein bar and it's got 12 grams of protein. You might actually get 12 grams of protein from two pieces of toast. Yeah. But in saying that, you probably want to have like 25 to 30 grams in that meal. So for myself, I like, I really like a carby breakfast. Like I like to have crumpets, bagel, toast. Yeah. Not really a huge egg person. Like I do eat it. So I'll have my carby breakfast and I'll have a protein shake. Yeah. And that's the way that I get the best of both worlds to be able to get my protein intake in over the course of the whole day. Yeah. So as, as we were touching on like with menopause, we were just talking about fat gain. It's not just important to think about that, but we also want to think about the other benefits that movement and weight training has. So lowering our risk of heart disease and diabetes, which is obviously cause for huge issues as we get older. It's pretty obvious that not contracting a lifestyle disease is going to increase our quality of life as we age. I don't yeah. think I really need to say... My 
much more about that. I've already touched on this. So stronger bones, muscles, and joints. When we weight train in particular, we strengthen all of these. So a long history of weight training as a woman means that we're going to be constantly loading our bones and means that they'll be thick and strong when we're older, reducing the risk of osteoporosis and frail bones that could break if we have a fall. So strong muscles, joints, and ligaments is pretty obvious. It's going to allow us to do more unaided, like things like being able to get up you know, out of your chair, things being able to get in and out of the shower, like get out of bed. Like these are really, really basic tasks yeah. that people lose the mobility to do. Can I ask a question on Go the bones? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about calcium intake? Is that really important as well? Like for yeah, strong definitely. bones? Yeah. yeah, definitely. If we were to like simplify things, I think sometimes when you give people too much information, yeah. they're like focusing and they're like, I've got to get protein in, I need to do weights, I need to get calcium, calcium oh. blah, blah, blah. If they're eating like a really balanced diet with dairy in there, they're probably getting calcium anyway, or like fortified calcium through like soy milk and other things that they're having. But it's definitely something to consider, especially as you're getting older, whether you need to supplement with a calcium supplement, because yeah, yeah, that's obviously going to be really important as well. Okay, cool. That's something that comes up for me all the time because obviously I'm allergic to dairy. So I'm like, oh, but yeah, if there's some in soy milk, I consume probably too much soy milk. Most of those soy milks and stuff are fortified with calcium now. It might be really beneficial for you to have a calcium supplement. And then there are all the other non-physical benefits as well that come hand in hand with being an active person. So better brain health, which is physical too, but better brain health is obviously important. And, you know, Alex was just referring me to a podcast that was talking about the links between movement and nutrition and mental health as well. Um, Better mood, better self-esteem and more freedom because we're able to do what we want to do. Yep. So just to give you something tangible to take away, which you probably already have got plenty of that out of this episode. I think that you've given a lot of tangible tips. I feel like, I mean, I get to edit it, so I listen to it like 10 times, but I feel like people might want to go back and listen to some of these tips because you've... Well, I'm going to do a summary, so... Oh, okay, let's go. There we go. Let's (laughs) summarise it. So what should we be doing now? So weights training is ideal, but as I said, have said a million times on the podcast, any sort of movement that you will enjoy and that you will actually do. So remember, it's never too late to start, whether you are 18 or you're 60, like start now, everything's going to have a positive repercussion. It's never, ever too late to start. So track your steps so that you can actually see if you're moving less as you age. Yeah. And I think that this is a really good one. So if you're wearing a watch now or tracking it through Apple health data, like actually track your steps and be like, okay, so, you know, this year when I was 33, I walked an average and it'll tell you this in your phone and in your apps, it'll keep it year to year. Yeah. You can see, okay, shit, I actually have decreased my step count by, you know, 2000 steps over the last three years. Yeah. I am, I am actually slowing down. That can be like a bit of a wake up to people to say, oh, no, I need to make more of a conscious effort to yeah. move more. Well, since I got my Garmin for Christmas, it's connected to that Apple thing. And I think it probably would have tracked it anyway. It showed me you've walked more steps this week than you did the week before. Yeah. And and it sets you like little targets. I think having a wearable is so motivating. Yeah. Oh, so motivating. And now I'm going to have my aura ring soon as well, which I'll be able to do a little review on if people want that, um, to be able to track more data. Yeah. But it is really motivating. Like it'll set you a step goal and then it might just get you to gradually increase it. But that's a great way to see if over time you are decreasing your movement. 
Um, Start consuming adequate protein now and make it a habit. So protein intake shouldn't be something that we focus on when we're working towards an aesthetic goal. It should be the norm. And I really try and stress this to my clients when they say like, oh, I just don't really like protein. I'm like, I'm not just saying for you to consume protein now whilst you're in a fat loss phase or a muscle build phase. Like I want you to make this a habit for life. So let's find protein sources that work for you. Yeah. And supplementing with a protein powder is the easiest way. Like if you can get one protein shake in every day, yeah, that's going to be a really easy way to hit your goals. Yeah. And uh, there's so much you can do with protein powders. If you don't want it in a shake, you can put it into like smoothie, yeah. oats, like acai bowl. There's, and there's protein water now. Oh. I think that was my last tip. Use protein subs to get you there. Yeah. Protein bars, question mark over those because they do contain those sugar alcohols, which can upset your stomach. Yeah. So if you are someone that's having a lot of those and you have GI distress, that's probably why. But um, I would look at like, you know, finding a whey or a vegan or a protein water supplement that you really like. And that's just going to be a really easy way to increase your protein intake. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that there's so much valuable information in there and I can't wait to share this with people. There's so many great tips that we can all take from this and that seems like really easy things to apply as well. So to wrap it up, Tegan has a top tip for us. I do have a top tip. Hit us with it. I think this is related as well and this is about longevity for your mind. And I I won't get too woo-woo because I know Alex doesn't like when I get too (laughs) spiritual, but to start a gratitude practice. And I fully believe that practicing gratitude will change your life. Um, And it's something that we could all focus on a little bit more. And as we get older and we can really appreciate what we have, that's going to go a long way towards our longevity as well. So if you don't know already what gratitude is, it's for, it's appreciation for what you have and thinking about, I really like the way that Hugh explains it in the resilience. Project and Hughes from The Imperfects is one of our favorite podcasts. And, favorite, favorite. Yeah, and hopefully future podcast guests. But he on The Resilience Project talks a lot about gratitude and empathy and mindfulness. And the way that he explains it is really practical and it's not super spiritual. So he explains gratitude as like if you think back over the last 24 hours, what three things went really well for you. And that's kind of how I've adopted my gratitude now as well. Because if you think about gratitude, like you really want to embody it and feel how you feel in that moment. And if you say to someone like, what are you grateful for today? They could be like the beach or my dog. And they are grateful for those things, but they're not really embodying that feeling. So I do a gratitude practice every morning with two of my girlfriends and we do things from the last 24 hours and it'll be like dependent on how we're feeling. Like sometimes we'll be like, most of the times we are actually literally overflowing with gratitude and it might be like yesterday my client said this or I had this time with my partner or this you know this thing happened in my life and just the change like you just start your day on that really positive frequency of focusing on absolutely everything that went well for you in the last 24 hours and it's so specific to you like your gratitude should be something that really only you yeah. can say. And just the way that that sets you up for a completely fucking different day is truly magical. So I would challenge people to give this a go, pick a friend that is really aligned and message them three things each morning that went well for you in the last 24 hours and just see how your outlook on life changes. Yeah. Cause I had to do this activity the other day for my business coaching container. And I had to think about things that didn't go well for me in 2023 
or things that did yeah, and then things that didn't. And I was like genuinely stumped on the things that didn't list. Yeah. And like some shit's happened. Yeah. But like I'm just like operating from this place of like overflow of gratitude. And I was like, fuck, I really don't focus on those things. Like I really, really don't. So I think gone a little bit on a tangent here, but try a gratitude practice. And if anybody starts this and they're feeling really good about it, I would love you to message me and tell me (laughs) about it. That's a very good tip. Thank you for tuning into this episode. We hope it's really got you thinking about what you can do now to set yourself up for a long and abundant life. So thank you for listening to my TED Talk. As you can tell, this is something that I am really passionate about and I hope you guys are still here with us on the podcast when we're all old. (laughs) I can't wait to discuss everything we're going through when we're older. I think it's going to be very interesting. So to help the podcast thrive into our old age. <laughs> and it's yours. old age and ours <laughs> and yours. Please send this episode to someone you think will get value from it. If you enjoyed this episode and menopause in particular is something that you are interested in learning more about, head over to Hey Our Productions' latest podcast, The Periodical Pod, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.